what's the good news, Misfits? This is the last re-up of the offseason before we jump into Season 3. And I'm still fired up. I'm still excited. I hope you had a wonderful and Merry Christmas. You got everything that you wanted and gave everything that you want to give uh, this season. Uh, those of you who are still celebrating the holidays, keep going, keep going. Be safe for the New Year's. Uh, just do the right things. And this episode today was from episode number 34, by far our most popular episode of season two. And that's because it's helping you prioritize those financial goals, especially when you have so many. And if you have not sat down and got your 2017 goals and ideas in place, this is the perfect episode for you to listen to. Get yourself started now that uh, Christmas holidays are over uh, and you, you've played with your toys, you've played with family as these next four or five days get you ready for the new year. Go over this episode maybe a couple of times, get the stuff out of your head, write on a piece of paper and enjoy. Again, this is from episode number 34, the rebroadcast, how to prioritize your financial goals when you've got so many. Enjoy. You just clicked into the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. This is episode number 34. We talk about how to prioritize all those financial goals when you've got so many. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business, because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money. And this show is designed to change just that. I'm your host, the money misfit, Jamar Dupas, and this is episode number 34. And if you've ever had an issue with having a million and one financial goals and trying to figure out how to do it, how to do what in what order, this is a show for you. So make sure you tune in and and keep listening. If this is your first time tuning in, I want to say welcome, welcome. I do appreciate you being here. I don't know how you got here, but again, I do appreciate you being here. This is a different type of personal finance show. We talk about money as it relates to real life. I get an all into my type in all in my business and talk about how we process money and how we do money, but also how you can take the same lessons that I've learned from myself and other people and apply it to your life to reach the goals you want to reach, to live the ambitious lives you want to live, to have great marriages and and raise amazing families. And so that's what we talk about here in this show. To dig in more to what we do and how we do it and all that good stuff, head over to our website over at yourmoneyright.com. Again, that's yourmoneyright.com and consider becoming a misfit. It's a free membership that we have on our site. And what we're doing is expanding. We're creating an education platform to get over the miseducation that we've gotten from big banks and broke people to help us really manage this thing called money uh, to where we can just get it out of the way and do what we want to do. So, again, head over to yourmoneyright.com, become a misfit there. And lastly, if you like the show, if you've learned something from the show, consider subscribing to the show so you never miss a thing so you never miss an episode every episode a new episode comes out every monday morning and then share it out 
if you think somebody else could use this information. So that's that. Let's move on to the quote of the day. So I like quotes. If, if you don't know, <laughs> if you listen to more than one episode, you know I like quotes. I like quotes because they're simple phrases that could be super impactful. We can carry around with us in our pocket, so to speak, and go back to them when we need that little shot of wisdom. And today's quote is about discipline. And I'm not sure exactly what it's originated from. I don't know if I made this up or whatnot, but it's something that I believe uh, about discipline. And discipline is simply the art of remembering what you want most. And I think it derives from one of my favorite quotes that I kind of live by is uh, the chief cause of failure is giving up what you want most for what you want now. So you kind of got two quotes for one today. But anyway, so the, the quote of the day is discipline is simply the art of remembering what you want most. Now, I used to believe that discipline was all about strength and courage and willpower and, and guts and all that good stuff. But really, discipline is really just recognizing what you want most. When I am not disciplined, the things that I want most is not at the front of my mind. I've forgotten what my goals are. My ambitions have waned, right? And that's when I am least disciplined in my life. So as long as I can remember, look, this is what I get up for every morning. These are my purposes. This is what I'm doing. And this is why I'm doing it. I get it done. Because it's like that carrot on a stick deal. You keep it in front of them. They keep moving forward to get that treat. So that's it on that. So that's the quote of today. So let's get into what you came here for. And that's how to prioritize your goals. And this is one of the questions that I get a lot. Um, It's one of the questions I had really about, you know, how to prioritize my goals, especially when I have so many goals. That's probably one of the big problems with us ambitious people. Right. There's all these things that we want to accomplish. But it's like, how do you do it? Which do you do first? And what happens is when we don't have that clarity, we don't do anything. Right. We end up just kind of spinning around in circles and we just kind of go through life by default. Right. And then we look up five, 10 years later and we're nowhere near where we thought we would be when we got started. Right. So. To illustrate this, to illustrate goals and priorities, I want to start off with a story. And I first heard this story from uh, Stephen Covey and he talks about uh, it's a story about priorities. Right. Uh, First things first, I think is what it's called. But he talks about this professor who was in front of of a classroom, right? In this classroom, there's a bunch of high achievers, very motivated people that were in this classroom. And at the front of the classroom, there's this desk, right? And he has this huge mason jar, maybe a two to four or five gallon mason jar. If you don't know what a mason jar is, it's one of those jars that they used to make moonshine and stuff like that. And if you ain't from the South, you don't know what moonshine is, don't you worry about it, okay? Just imagine a big jar with a wide mouth at the top, right? And Uh, What he did was he had these huge rocks, right, and um, maybe two or three, four, fifth size worth of rocks. And he would put these rocks into the jar. He would fill the jar all the way to the top till he can't fit any more big rocks in. And he asked the class a question. He said, is this jar full? And, of course, they said, yeah, you put all the big rocks in, the jar is full. Then after he added the big rocks, he he reached up under the table, he pulled out a a bucket of gravel. 
Then he started to pour the gravel into the jar and the gravel would slide around the big rocks and then he would end up filling up the jar. And then he would ask, is this jar full? And of course, some smart aleck in the class is probably somebody like me. Right. And it was like, well, we know what you're getting at. Of course, it's not full. Right. Because they are already they, they see where he's going here. Right. So which he was right. Right. The jar was not quite full. He picks up a bag of sand and he begins to pour the sand into the jar. Now, the sand moves around the big rocks and then in, in between the gravel and he ends up filling the sand all the way to the brim. Then he asks again, is the jar full? And you probably already know the answer. Of course, the jar is not full. He brings out a pitcher of water and he pours the water into the mason jar until the water begins to overflow. And then he asks one final time, is the jar full? And at that point, the answer is, of course, yes, the jar is full. So when he asked the children or asked the students, what is the moral of the story? And one of them says, well, the moral of the story is no matter how full your jar appears, you can always fit more. While that was a good answer, that wasn't the purpose of the story. The purpose of the story is if you want to fit the big rocks in or the big rocks in, you have to put the big rocks in first. And that's what I want to talk about today. And you may just be able to say, hey, <laughs> I appreciate the story. That's all I need to hear from you today. Thank you. You can hang up or you can turn it off and go into your next podcast. But that's really what I want to illustrate to you today, because when it comes to our financial goals, a lot of times we don't put the big rocks in first. Part of the reason we don't put the big rocks in first is we don't know what the big rocks are. Right. We've never really been given the, the blueprint on what the big rocks are. Now, I'm not going to talk about what the big rocks are today. Maybe I'll do that next week. Maybe we'll talk about what what the big rocks are and which goals are worthwhile reaching uh, going after. So maybe I'll do that for next week. But what we end up doing, what we tend to do is we start with the gravel right or with the sand so we'll take the gravel and we'll fill up all with a jar then we get to these big rocks and it's like well i don't have any more room for these big rocks because this gravel has taken up all the space you may have a little bit more room for some sand you may have a little bit room for some water but you don't have room for the big rocks because we didn't put those in first and that's what you want to think about when you're thinking about your financial priorities right so a lot of people say, say things like, um, I want to save for retirement or I want to buy a house or I want to pay for college or I want to get a car or a couch. Whatever these things are, based on you and how you determine these things are, will be your big rocks. But what happens if you don't put the big rocks in first, other small things, things that distract you are the things that take up space in your jar because you only have so much space in your jar. Right. Uh, for example. One of the things that was taking up a lot of space in our jar when me and my wife, we first got married was eating out. Right. We uh, didn't realize it because, you know, we like to eat out. We like to go out. We could, quote unquote, afford it. So it wasn't a big thing. But there was other things that we want to accomplish. And we would always say, well, I have to put that off till later, because when we would look at the end of the month, we wouldn't have any money left. Right. And that for a lot of people, that's savings. Right. They don't have anything set aside. They won't put that big rock in first. They'll put all the other stuff. They'll put gravel and sand and water in like like eating out. We were literally eating six to eight hundred dollars a month out 
Now, six eight hundred dollars a month. If you're making ten thousand dollars a month, it's not that big of a deal. But when you're only making two three thousand dollars a month, six eight hundred dollars a month eating out is a violation, right? And especially at the time, we didn't even have any kids, right? We or you know, I think we had maybe Josiah came along. Our first son came along around that time, but uh, we didn't really pay much attention to it, right? Because what happens is gravel and sand they just kind of slide into your jar by default if you don't purposely pick up the big rocks and put them in first same thing with our time you only have 24 hours in a day and people always ask you know how can somebody make let's say uh, earnings wise right how can somebody be valuable uh, to the tune of 2000 a month but somebody can be valuable to the tune of 20000 a month when you both have the same amount of time in every given day well the difference most of the times is the big rocks that they are focused on, right? There's uh, Jim Rohn has a quote and it's a new, <laughs> new quote and it, it's one of my favorites. It says, most people don't do well because they major in minor things, right? So you want to major in the major things. If you major in the minor things, right? So if you spend a lot of your time worrying about drama and what uh, the next reality TV show uh, is talking about and you get yourself involved in things that are not major things. You end up spending most of your time on the minor things that don't make a difference whatsoever. Right. And that's the same thing with your finances. If you major in the minor things. Right. Um, again, I'm not saying going out to eat is a minor thing. Right. But if you don't put in place something that'll help you catch yourself, if you if you were to, let's say, lose your employment. Right. Then it becomes a really real major thing. It becomes a crisis at that point. If you don't put a money aside to take care of a flat tire or an alternator that goes out in your car that you owned or a roof that blows off your head in a hurricane, it becomes a crisis and not just a major thing that you need to, you know, you need to fix, right? So when you're thinking about your financial priorities, start with that. Start with what do you think are the major things in your life based on your goals? What goals do you have in life? For us, one of our goals for our money is to have our money, make enough money so we can become financially independent, right? And I've defined this before, but for us, financial independence is basically when our assets are tossing off enough income towards covering our basic needs where we don't have to necessarily work for money anymore. Right. And that could look at anything that could be a business that is producing, you know, for us, all we really need is maybe like $3,000 a month, you know, even, you know, we could probably get by on $2,000 a month, be honest with you. But uh, for us, our target goal is $5,000 a month. So if we can get a business or some rental properties or uh, stocks and bonds or or whatever it is that can shoot off $5,000 a month, then we are financially independent. Really, we would probably be financially independent at about maybe like three thousand a month, right? Because there's costs actually having to go to work. We don't necessarily need to replace those costs, but that's for another show. Um, so when we think about what our big goals are, if financial independence is a big rock for us, we put that in first, right? So when we get a dollar. 10% or whatever our percentages are go towards our financial independence, no matter what, because we need to put the big rocks in first. Another big rock for us is uh, the tithe and giving money, right? Feeding the, the feeding the hungry and clothing the naked. That's what is a big rock for us because that's fulfillment. It's, we think it's part of our duties. So we don't 
spend our money and pay our bills first and then try to put that big rock in. That's the matter of fact for us is the first rock that goes in. Right. And then after that, the next rock for us, the big rock for us is our financial independence, because that's what we believe are our goals for our income. Right. So whatever that may be for you. Right. So if you want to buy a house in a year or six months or 10 years or whatever it is, and that is a big rock for you, you want to get that down payment. Well, that big rock needs to go in first, because if you fill it up with gravel and sand and water, you won't have room for it. Right. And the temptation is difficult because a lot of times when we look at the big rocks, they seem so big. They seem so unbelievable. It's easier. They seem so heavy. It's easier just to put the sand and the gravel in because it's lighter. It's easier to handle. You don't really need to think about it. Right. And this is what happens when we go uh, buy that extra that that new TV for the living room or buy that lamp or, um, you know, spend more money on landscaping. You don't necessarily need it, but it's cheaper. It's easier to spend one hundred dollars than to try to save ten thousand dollars, if that makes sense. Because our minds, when we look at the $10,000, our minds said, man, that is so far away, I can put that off, right? But what happens is $100 here, $200 there, $50 here, $20 there, $8 here, $6 there, $200 there, they add up. And they end up blocking all the space that you would have had for your big rocks, This is one of the reasons why we can kind of go through life. We can look back and you can look back at your own life, right? You think about where you were five years ago and you think about where you are today. Are you better off? Do you feel like you are where you're supposed to be? Is it because you didn't focus on some of those big rocks? Do you think if you would have focused on those big rocks five years ago, would you have had those big rocks accomplished, polished off and and accomplished those goals today? If that's the case for you, if you feel like you have not done what you're supposed to do, I can guarantee you that the next five years from five years from now is going to look just like five years ago, because if you don't change, nothing will change for you. Right. No presidential candidate, no president, no economy. None of that stuff is going to change unless you change. Trump is not going to help you. Hillary is not going to help you. Nobody's going to help you but you. Right. So you have to think about that. So you start with the big rocks. But how do you handle when the big rocks seem so big? And we talked about this and we touched on this before. But sometimes you need to break up the big rock, make it in in small increments. I talk a lot about, um, you know, people talk about saving for your emergency fund. Right. And when you think about that emergency fund, they want you to do six months of expenses or a year of expenses. If you look at six months or a year as a as a whole, then it looks intimidating. It looks scary. Right. It looks like there's no way I can save up six months worth of expenses when I'm barely living check to check today. But you start small, you make it measurable, you go into incremental steps. If you're trying to put together an emergency fund or a contingency fund, as like I like to call it, and you need it to be, let's say, six months of your expenses, don't start with six months as your goal, right? You can start it as your end game, but then break it down. So maybe your first goal, maybe I just need to get $100, right? I just need to get enough to replace a tire if it goes out, 
right? And then your next move, and once you get enough to replace a tire if it goes out, then maybe you get enough to, you know, cover your deductibles on your car insurance. Maybe it's 250, maybe it's 500, whatever it is. And maybe you get enough to cover a deductible on your health insurance. You make these things winnable, small and winnable and achievable goals so you can hit the targets quicker. You gain that momentum. A lot of people talk about this uh, when you're paying off debt. They talk about the debt snowball. Uh, Dave Ramsey made it famous when you're doing a debt snowball that you start off with the smallest debt first so you can knock it out and start getting some wins, start pulling, getting that momentum. And that will catapult you to continue to move forward and pay off your debts. Right. Sometimes you got to play those mind games with yourself. We do it all the time. We're always playing mind games to get ourselves out of the way. Right. We talk about frameworks. We talk about uh, putting your images in front of you. We talk about creating an environment uh, that forces you to be great, right? Surrounding yourself with friends and people that forces you to move and, and, and become better. You have to do that because your willpower is just isn't enough, right? Your willpower will give out. You only have so much of that. So you got to create the environment to help you achieve that, right? Um. Financial goals are best prioritized in advance, okay? Um, a lot of people try to go at their goals at that time. Remember, when it's time to make a decision, right, when you're under the clock, right, that's why um, if you look at, like, um, these infomercials on TV, they put a time clock out there, right? You're looking at this new vacuum that will uh, vacuum up, the foundation if it's dirty, right? And it, it, under your carpet and you'll never have another mite or lice or anything else in, in your carpet ever again, right? So they'll talk about all the greatnesses, but the thing that makes the sales for a lot of these infomercials is they put that clock up there and they tell you it's a limited time only. If you call now, right? Because they know if they can put that clock on you, that extra pressure, there's an emotion that drives in you, that, that fear of missing out, that FOMO, right? Uh, that drives you. Um, this happens to all of us. Right. Uh, <laughs> I know I use my wife all the time as an example, but she's uh, when we first got married, man, if there was something on sale. Right. It was just this pressure to buy it, because what if it's not on sale again? Or what if uh, somebody else comes in and gets it right? <laughs> Tell you a funny story. The couch that we have in our living room right now. Right. So we were we were couch hunting at the time and we're at this really high end place. Um, that uh, has these really modern type uh, couches and furniture and stuff like that. But they were going out of, uh, out of business at the time. And so that's my perfect place to, to, to go shop, right? When they, I can catch somebody, I don't want nobody going out of business, but when the, when the prices are falling, I want to be there to pick them up, right? Um, so we're in there looking at this couch, right? And we're checking out the couch and she wasn't sure. I think this was the second time we went to the store to look at this couch. The couch is cool because it's, it has like this ottoman and you can lay on it. You can make it like one big bed. It's all cool and modern and, and it's black. And we were having kids at the time. So we want to make sure that we didn't have like a white couch because that's a disaster. But anyway, we were looking at it and this is like the second time. And she wasn't really sure. She's like, ah, I don't really know. But then the salesman comes and tells us there's only two left. Right. There's only there's one that that's on display right now. And there's one in the back. And now she's like, ooh, we. And I can see, I can see, see the clock moving in her head. She's looking and, and she's really not sure, and, but she, she wants to see other things, but she really does like this couch, but she's not quite sure if this is the one. 
But then there's this other couple that comes in, right? <laughs> and they lay down on the couch and the the, uh, the wife or girlfriend, whoever it was in this, in this in this couple was laying on it. And she was just like, oh, my God, I love this couch. We have to get the couch, honey. Right. And I was just coming back when talking to the salesman. I wanted to set, get my eyes on this last one that they said they did have. Right. And I was telling them, well, we're probably going to think about it for maybe another day or so. And then we'll come back and we'll let you know. But as we're walking back and I hear this lady say that and I I can see my wife, she's looking and she's listening and she turns around and she grabs my shirt right around the neck and she squeezes it and pulls me to her. And she says, I want that couch now. <laughs> so I turn around and look at the salesman. I said, we need that couch right now. <laughs> so that's the story of how we got the couch that's in our living room today. What does that got to do with anything? Well, that's how the emotion of fe- that fear of moving of losing out. That's how it affects us. It makes us move quickly. Now, when you have financial goals and you don't set money to the side in advance, that's how you end up getting gravel and sand sneaking up and taking up all the space that's in your jar. Because we don't pay attention, right? We don't do these things in advance. So make sure you're setting up your your goals in advance while you got a clear head, while you can sit down and talk to your wife or your husband or, or whatever it is, and you plan these things out so you don't have to worry about gravel and sand sneaking your way into your jar, taking up all the space for your big rocks. Now, what do you do <laughs> if your jar is already filled? Right. What if what if you you don't have any space for big rocks? Right. Um, for a lot of people uh, can relate to this with time. Um, if you have 12 kids and they're all in the six extracurricular activities. Right. And you can't find any time for uh, spousal time or date night or time to work out or time to prepare food so you can eat better. What do you do? We have to get them kids out of some of the extracurricular activities. Right. You got to you got to you got to dump some of that sand and gravel out so you can make room for those big rocks. People who are out of shape. A lot of times say, well, they just don't have the time or they don't have the money or they don't have the know how. These are just excuses because their life is filled with sand and gravel and water that has taken up that space to put the put the big rocks in. Now it's not easy putting the big rocks in because you have to lift the rock, right? You got to lift it and then be able to put it into the jar, right? Rock, heavy rocks are heavy; they're hard to take, so you got to get that momentum. But that's why you do things like listen to this podcast, surround yourself around people who are going to the level that you're going with, so they can help you, right? You want to educate yourself, get you a coach, get you a personal trainer. If you're trying to get in shape and you're dedicated to it, get you a personal trainer. Right. Because you get you a personal trainer, you pay that money. One, you're putting your money where your mouth is. Right. And we like to get our money's worth. So if you really want to trick yourself into getting in shape, go hire you a personal trainer. Right. Put your money where your mouth is and you're going to show up and they're going to make sure that you get results because that's their job. Because if you don't get results, their reputation is on the line. Right. Now, don't let them kill you. Although it may seem like they're trying to kill you from time to time. If you get you a professional, somebody that know what they're doing and has results, you just got to trust the process at that point and get through it. But you do that and maybe you don't need a, a personal trainer for the rest of your life, but maybe a year in or two years or whatever it, it is for you so they can show you the ropes and learn the game, get you results. And then at that point, you just got to maintain. 
And what happens is when you get those big rocks in first, you will find that your jar will expand. Because when you're in shape and when you have the energy to do that, you can do more in your day. You have more energy to do more. You have more energy to learn more. You have more energy to, to manage more. Right. Same thing with your money. If you put your big rocks in first, you will find that your jar will magically get bigger. Right. We found that to be the case for us because we put the big rocks in first. Now our jar gets bigger. So how do we determine what the big rocks are? Well, first, we had to learn um, and this was a big lesson for me. We had to learn the difference between what's important and what's urgent. Right. Because everything that's urgent is not important. And everything that's important is not necessarily urgent. Um, and, and that was a big lesson for me because I used to react to everything as though everything was urgent or everything that was urgent was really important. Right. Today, it's not that big of a deal. Right. So uh, a text message or a phone call may be urgent. Right. It, but it may not be important. Right. So if I'm playing or doing homework with my children or playing with my son or, or whatever I'm doing. And that's important time for us to bond and something urgent comes in like a phone call. I can make that determination of whether that's important or not. Just because a call is coming in and it's going off, it's setting off my urgency alarms doesn't mean that's important. And I have to make that decision. And same thing with your money. Right. Um, just because I'm hungry right now doesn't mean. Right. So that's urgent. It doesn't necessarily mean that I got to get up and go grab something in a drive through right now. Right. It may be more important for me to sit down and prepare some food or make a salad or, or whatever the case may be. But understanding between what's important and urgent is is probably uh, one of the big lessons that kind of helped us kind of get that clarity and keep us distraction free. Now, we still get distracted like everybody else does, but it's a lesson that's important. And I hope, you know, and I can talk all day on that particular deal because I think. Um, there's a whole matrix on how to make decisions and maybe we'll do um, a show on that later on. But just understand that first thing is is determining between what's important and what's urgent. So how do you determine what's important to you? Right. You really just start with what do you like? What do you want? What do you want your life to look like? Right. What are you working for? What do you want your money to do? What do you want your relationships to be like? What do you want your family to be like? What do you want your uh, life exposure to be like? Do you want to travel the world? Do you want to kind of sit home? Do you want to, um, you know, decorate your home or do you want to, you know, go sell the seas or whatever the case may be? Figure out those things that you want. Right. And that's how you determine what's important to you. How we determine what's important to us in addition to that is we try to be really efficient with our dollars. So um, if I do this, will it help me do the next thing, right? Um, for example, uh, the first thing that we think about is protecting, protecting ourselves, right? So when it came time for us to cut the paycheck, the paycheck cycle, um, what we decided to do was learn how to, number one, learn how to do that and then live on last month's income. Now, I know I use this, example a lot is because I really want everybody to really do this because there's so many benefits. So when we decided to live on last month's income, we decided to set that as a goal, as an important goal, and also not only just important, but also an urgent goal, right? And we started, just like I said earlier, we started small. We did $100 here, 250 there to cover the deductible, 500 to cover the next deductible, 1000 to cover the next deductible, 2000 to cover the next deductible. And then the next goal for us was to make sure we had enough set aside 
to where the paychecks that came in for that month um, was uh, we didn't need. Right. So we can use that money set aside. And then the paychecks that came in would just sit there until the following month. Right. So there's so many benefits to that. So since we decided that um, that was important to us and we looked at what else would that do if we achieved that goal. So here's what else that did by getting out of the paycheck to paycheck cycle. Right. One goal, but many benefits. Number one, if something were to happen to our car, if our tires went out, we had enough to replace a tire. Right. Boom. We good to go. There's 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 free of stress. There's uh, no no arguments there. We just go uh, to discount tire and we get a tire. Right. So that was kind of like our first little stepping stone in that overall goal. Then the next thing was to get the deductible for um, our car insurance. Right. So if anything were to happen to us, you know, we get bumped up, or we get a fender bender or you get in a car accident or whatever the case may be. We had that five hundred dollars or whatever it was to be able to cover that and not add stress to an already stressful situation, right? Uh, Then the next one was our uh, 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 health insurance deductibles. And then we went on to our homeowner's insurance deductibles, right? That was important because for me as a father, as a husband, as a man, my most important, uh, one of my most important duties is to keep a roof over my family's head, right? So we own a house and you need homeowner's insurance. We live in Houston, which is a coastal place. So uh, there are chances that a hurricane comes by here, blows my roof off, right? Or even a windstorm comes by here and knocks some shingles off or whatnot. If my goal, if one of my biggest jobs is to keep a roof over my family's head, then I better have a deductible (laughs) to be able to pay when I need to make an insurance claim if the roof blows off, right? So that was huge for me. Right. But it was just a stepping stone leading up to living off of last month's income. Right. So once we got I think once we got up to like three thousand or thirty five hundred dollars or whatever it was, we accomplished our goal. So at that that month, let's say we got that thirty five hundred dollars set aside, I think it was like a February or January. Right. So what we did was when February came around, we took that thirty five hundred dollars at the time and we lived off of that thirty five hundred dollars for the month of February. So the paychecks that came in in that month of February, we didn't touch them. They were then moved forward to the month of March. So what else did that do? So not only did we have this money set aside, we can now budget properly. Right. We can really plan our dollars that we have. There's no more counting chickens before they're hatched. And I'll dig into this a little bit more because I really don't want this to be about the whole show. But I want you to get this. Most people count their chickens before their hatch. If you're waiting for your paycheck to come in, but you've already assigned money or signed uh, positions for the money that has not come in yet, you are counting your chickens before they hatch. What happens if that paycheck does not come in or comes in short or you lose your job? You're playing with fire. So that's all I want to say about that. So. Um, so what we were did was we got out of that position of counting our chickens before the hatch and we knew exactly what money we had to play with for that month. So now there wasn't any guessing. I knew that I could have personal money. I knew that my bills were covered. I knew that I had to worry on another check to pay for my mortgage. Right. And when you can do that, it frees up so much stress out of your life when you don't even I don't even think about bills anymore. Right. You don't realize how much you think about bills until you get to the point to where you don't have to think about bills. <laughs> right. We literally forget payday. I don't even know when paydays come around. And that's not to brag, but it's to say that a lot of people believe that people with a lot of money, all they do is think about money. And the truth is, that's not the case. When you don't have any money, all you do is think about money. Right. Because that, that's, that's for me anyway. 
It's all I did was think about money when we didn't have any money, right? When we were living check to check. Now, we still don't have a bunch of money, but just this very simple thing, this one simple goal had so many benefits in it. And that's how we choose what our goals are going to be. If we do this, how else would that help us get to that point? Will it protect us, right? So, um, though we did not have an emergency fund at the time, we didn't have our contingency fund at the time. Here's also what else that living on last month's income did because we didn't have the contingency fund fully funded at the time. It didn't necessarily matter. Why? Because we did have those paychecks that were coming in sitting there for uh, waiting for us to spend it next month. If something were to happen, right? Those paychecks that did come in could act as an emergency fund, right? So, it was security in that. Now, once we did that, then we started picking up our contingency fund and we didn't need to necessarily do it all at one time or have to hustle and grind and, and think about it a whole lot because just living on that last month's income gave us some breathing room. So now we can systematically build up our contingency fund and systematically pay off some debt and systematically do the things that we want to do. Because now money is not on the top of our mind. This is the point where I like to call financial ease. And I think everybody should use that as a goal. Get to the point to where you're living off of your last month's income to where you can have some, some breathing room and make some decisions and not counting your chickens before they hatch. So that's how we determine our goals are, right? So when we want to start this podcast, we were thinking, like, okay, is this important or is it urgent or is it a little bit of both? If we start this podcast, we'd be taking money away because we're funding it with our own money, right? Uh, we would be taking the money away from our budget, right? But in the end, could we figure out a way to monetize what we're doing? Can we figure out a way to affect life change for hundreds and thousands of millions of people, right? So that became an important thing to us because that doing this could lead to so much more. It's the same thing when you're going to school, right? Most people went, went to college and they got their degrees. You made the decision that that $40,000 or $50,000 or $10,000 or whatever it is, was important enough to put up because if you did that, it would lead you to more later on. That's why I talk a, a lot about that. We don't spend anymore. Everything we do is an investment, right? Because it's we look at it as it's building us up, creating a lifestyle that we want. So everything is finally curated and everything is an investment in our eyes. Even when we blow our money, right? We have a budget we call a baller bucket, right? It's a bucket we call a baller bucket. We put money aside every month to do baller type things, right? We just waste money. But that wasting money, so to speak, builds us up. It allows us to experience life's great things and gives us more things, expands our horizon, gives us more things to achieve and look after. And it rewards us from doing, for doing the right things. If you try to squeeze and scrimp and, and, and shrink your way to wealth and you never reward yourself, you're going to sabotage yourself. There is something, there is some object there's something i don't know where it comes from i don't know how it works but if you don't do that the money will find a way to leave your hands that inner child in you will find a way to get rid of that money it's just like when people go on a diet right they get on these really strict diets where it, there is no balance it's just straight just straight you know commitment it's straight willpower to i'm not gonna eat any sugar i'm not gonna drink any sodas i'm not gonna drink any juice i'm not gonna do this no carbs blah 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 and then they fall off the wagon and they find themselves crying at night because they ate two pieces and a whole bucket of uh, ice cream. Right. 
because they they used their willpower and their willpower ran out. They got distracted and now they fell into this glut. Right. They fell into this hole and all the things that they did before have just been erased in one night of weakness. Right. So we think about that when we're thinking about what our big rocks will be is will what will this also do for us? Right. Because it's, it's a lot of times it's real hard to determine because some of your big rocks are long term goals. But it's like, but I need to eat today. Well, eating is number one big rock. Right. If you can't eat, then you can't. <laughs> right. Uh, you have to be able to eat. Right. You have to be able to take care of yourself. Health is one of those big rocks. Right. Uh, a roof over your head is one of those big rocks. Uh, money aside to catch you when life happens is one of those big rocks. A, a strategy or plan if you were to lose your job, it's a big rock, right? Because if not, if you lose your income, your whole jar gets shattered. Then the rocks and the sand and the water and the gravel, it all falls all over the table and it's all a big mess. And now you got to try to pick yourself back up. Now you got to try to build a whole new jar and start all over again. Now, most of us already have our jars, right? And if, again, if you don't have any room for your big rocks, maybe it's time to dump out everything out of your jar and start over. Start with the big rock. Start with the questions. What can I do today? What can I do with my money that will change everything, right? For the better. What can I do with my money that will protect me, right? To make sure I don't end up like MC Hammer or Chris Tucker or something, right? That I go make millions of dollars and then lose it all. Think about the things that have happened in your past that have shook you, right? Is it a flat tire? Has that thrown you for a loop? Then maybe you should plan to make sure that doesn't happen. Is it a loss of a job? Is it a loss of a relationship? Is it a loss of a loved one? Is it a missed opportunity? Was there a chance that you had to invest in something that you missed? Is it a business that you want to start that you haven't been able to? Is it a class you want to go to, a course you want to take? All those things that you've gone through your life, you've got life experiences. Just go back and look at all those life experiences that you've had that money would have made easier for you. Maybe those are your big rocks if you never want to experience those things again. So you start there. What can protect you? How can you grow what you have? How can you make your jar bigger, right? How can you turn around and make your money make you some money? Those are the big rocks, right? What are you doing to learn? What are you doing to grow? What are you doing to keep your roof over your head? Those are your big rocks and the questions that you want to ask and set yourself up that way. Create a system that will help you build those big rocks and you just go get money out of the way and focus on life, focus on living. And of course, we'll get into most of this, much more of this, much more in depth, especially for all my misfits. If you're not a misfit, make sure you head over to yourmoneyright.com. Become a misfit. We got courses, classes, webinars coming up. We're going to do another one next month, I promise. <laughs> and if you guys have any questions, you have anything else you need me to cover, feel free to contact me. Hit me up on the email. Jamar at yourmoneyright.com. That's J-A-R-M-A-R at yourmoneyright.com. You know we also have a Facebook page. We're also on Instagram and all that good stuff too. Uh, so yeah, that's what I got today. If this was helpful for you, share it out. Just think about that one person who you think can benefit from this information. Just share that with them. Let's keep this thing going. Let's keep this train moving. And look, I'm going to tell you, no matter what you're going through, no 
matter what it looks like right now, you can get your money right. You must get your money right. And I'm dedicated to help you do that. So let's do it. Let's do it together. With that being said, thank you so much for listening. I love you. God bless. MPS. MPS. We're talking about money, 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 cash, cash, cash. I said we're talking about money.